morning, Iowa. I'm Nick Learhoff with Scott Casper, and this is St. Gregory's Talk Therapy. Join us as we talk about a topic that many Iowans face every day. We feature the expertise of doctors, therapists, and specialists who understand the challenges we are facing. Our show airs two times, 4 and 10 to 11 a.m. Saturday mornings on Iowa's Hope 940 and online at talktherapytmhs.com. Join in for the conversation on this important life topic. And as we like to say, Iowa, we're listening. You bet we are, Nick. And by the way, best intro ever, I think. That you. I think that was that good. Was knocked, that was knocked it out of the oh, park. Oh, man. I'm, I think I'm finally getting it. <laughs> Last week, um, we uh, investigated, okay, uh, with our guests and between us, we investigated the idea of what elite level athletes are, are uh, some of them suffering. That's mental illness. Mm-hmm. And by golly, it wasn't but three or four days later, Simone Biles citing mental health pulls out of her competition in the Olympics. Now, will we see here the balance of the week? I don't know. But um, it it's now part of the national discussion on mental health and mental illness. And I thought, you know what? There's a whole lot of folks out there suffering for a variety of reasons. And, uh, and, and mental illness can affect anyone, even those in front of the camera doing news at 5, 6, and 10 p.m. throughout the week. And that gentleman is joining us now. Steve Carlin, the uh, longtime news anchor for uh, Channel 8 here in Des Moines. That's KCCI News 8 in Des Moines. And he joins us now. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Uh, very well. How are you guys? Um, you know, we're, we're wondering how big the idea of mental illness in athletes truly is. What, what's your take on what Simone Biles did this week? It had to have been a very brave decision she made. Yeah, um, I think, honestly, I think it takes incredible courage to do that. Um, it's interesting. I, I was watching the vault uh, that kind of... Uh, I don't know, maybe it was uh, the, the last straw for her. And uh, they were talking about it being such an incredibly difficult vault, that, uh, one that she is, uh, if not the only, one of the few people in the world can do. And uh, then I heard from, um, read something from another gymnast who said, you know, if if you mess up that, you know, if you're off by a half an inch, you know, you'll blow out a knee or, or something like that. And then I saw the vault again and I thought, you know, if, if she's going through something that difficult, a maneuver that difficult, and she doesn't have confidence right. in herself, mm-hmm. um, wow, you know, and I mean, she, she did the right thing. And, um, you know, not only... Uh, did she do the best thing for herself there? She's being criticized by some for saying that she let her team and her country down. She did the best thing for her team because she uh, got somebody in the lineup who's uh, not only physically fit, but also mes- maybe more mentally fit than she is right now. Simone Biles, uh, we're talking about this beautiful, who did spend some time, I believe, in West Des Moines at Chow's, right? Um, I yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Do you guys know? I think that's true. Mm-hmm. And then she yeah, left and went back mm-hmm. to Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, for her, being around people that know and love her, et cetera, I think it was an important decision. Um, there was a time when, when one committed to a school, let's say University of Iowa, and they were there for their four or five years, no questions. 
Now we have something called the transfer portal where athletes are starting to move around to different uh, schools in different areas of the country. And I think they're probably healthier for having that opportunity. So it's not like a prison sentence where you're locked in Mm -hmm. to four or five years at the institution you initially signed uh, signed with. Steve Carlin, our guest. Uh, Steve, how long with you, uh, for you at KCCI? Uh, it was 32 years in February. Is that right? Wow. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's, that's tenure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a long time. Um, they've let me hang around that long, and I'm very appreciative. And you were with uh, the Buziks and uh, Coonies, uh, Mary mm-hmm. Brubaker back in the day? Right. When I started there, uh, Paul Rhodes is still there. Oh, wow. Um, yep. And uh, John Pascasi, um, you know, just uh, Pete Taylor when I started, sure. the late, great Pete Taylor. Um, yeah, I worked with some, I have worked with some real legends there. Were you, was Russ yeah. Van Dyke gone at the point, and when you got there? Yeah, he was. He was. Um, when I uh, started anchoring the 6 o'clock, when Paul retired, he had been the longest sitting anchor at one station in the country seven years. So uh, that was, that was incredible. That's a long time. <laughs> I, I liked playing tennis against him. He always beat me. Um, <laughs> and then I would see him in meetings at least once a week down at the uh, R&T, the registering building downtown. Always a great guy, but uh, ruthless on the tennis court. And, but I understand. Yeah. yeah, I was young and athletic. He was older and crafty. Uh, crafty, <laughs> he, experienced, <laughs> experienced. Isn't that the word? Crafty. Yeah, definitely crafty. That's what I am now. I'm crafty at everything. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're getting craftier. How about that? <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, it's so, not going to stop, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, May fourteenth. Uh, we go to Ames, Iowa. Dateline there, May fourteenth, twenty nineteen. Annual conference held and you're being asked to speak how did this come about um i uh the way the whole revelation of my um problem uh with mental illness came about because um well i had been dealing with my mental illness boy probably for about you know myself which is a, a bad thing to do for a long long time and um, was resistant to getting any help because I thought I could do it myself. And um, I had a real problem. They they shifted me um, to the morning show um, in 2010. And um, I had to get out of bed at 2.30 in the morning. Oh, wow. And, you know, uh, I... Did not handle it well, and that just uh, that um, the lack of sleep right. just uh, made my mental health struggles more difficult. And um, I realized that I needed some help, but it um, you know it took me. I did that work that shift for almost four years, and so it took me about that time to finally come to that realization. And um, I've been moved back to the evening shift um, uh, kind of uh, to get ready for the job that I have now. And I finally get some help. And 
saw a therapist and um, started talking and gushing. And after a couple of months of that, um, I felt so much better. I mean, I would ask my wife, you know, all the time, my uh, very patient and very understanding wife, um, is this the way normal people feel? <laughs> this is really great. And so I was feeling pretty good about things. And then um, I, I think we were condensing old photos or something, guys. And we were going through one of those big plastic tubs. And my wife's a, a great organizer. And uh, I think she was going to start putting photos and albums. And I started looking at all these pictures, guys, of, um, you know, just our life my wife, Lynn, and then our, our two girls, and I see all these smiling faces and realized it just, you know, just like a sucker punch. I mean, just smacked in the brain that, you know, here are all these pictures of happy people, and I was, you know, not in those moments, okay? Um, many times my mind was somewhere else or... Um, I was, I knew I was just smiling for the picture, right? you know, and I just, um, had, I mean, I broke down, I cried for what seemed like ever. And, um, then I guess as we do these days and my kids were not real happy with me doing this, I just got on my, uh, my KCCI Facebook page because I felt so strongly about this. And just, you know, recounted moment and um, my journey with um, mental illness, and um, it got a an unbelievable response. I was just kind of, you know, it was like a cathartic moment for me, um, and uh, you know, where I realized that my life had changed direction, and. Um, you know, I just, I just had to get it out. I don't know if it was the best way to do it. My, um, my kids especially were like, dad, we wish you would have talked to us first. Um, and you know, I now realize that that would have been much better, but, um, you know, I did what I did and it had, uh, an unbelievable response. I couldn't, uh, I, I can't even tell you how many people have looked at it, how many people have gotten a hold of me on different forms of social media, written me continue to uh, call me today um, and uh, you know what I, I've heard people with problems much worse than mine uh -huh. um, and uh, you know it, it ended up being a very good thing and um, I think my children and my wife are proud of me for doing it now and I hope they are. You know, I think it just shows you talk about Simone and, and the courage, right? They, those things take courage. I'm sure at a certain point when you were able to just kind of put that out there, it, it had to just take some weight off your shoulders right. a little oh. bit. It just, it's just like oh. this is something you're oh. holding on to, holding on to. And, right. you know, expound on, that, uh, expound on that a little bit here in a bit too. But something I was thinking about is, is, you said it take about took about four or five years for you to finally start and reach out and, and get help. And I think there's a lot of listeners out there that are struggling through these things that maybe are in the same place where they just, they, they're resistant. Mm -hmm. They're resistant to go get help. And it's not because they don't want help. It's just a matter of, I don't know, vulnerability or, or, you know, whatever. 
I guess you know we're getting pretty close to the break, but you know maybe that's something on the second second part here that we can kind of get into. Well, remember that. Okay, mm-hmm. so when sure. we do come Got back it. for break, filed away. We'll Remember, get... I'm crafty. I'm crafty. Crafty. <laughs> yeah. All right, our guest uh, will uh, continue with in the next segment. He's Steve Carlin, award-winning news anchor for KCCI News Eight here in Des Moines. And uh, if you think the community of uh, broadcasters is, uh, you know, great, big, happy family, it's not always, and it's because sometimes all we see are we see them maybe 30 minutes a day and we assume that they don't life. Well, Steve Carlin does beautiful family, uh, graduate of Iowa state university when back in 1980, uh, came from Iowa city, right, Steve? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll get into that and more after this short time out. You're listening to St. Gregory's Kira Jones at the helm of the mothership today. We'll be back after this. Stay tuned. St. Gregory's talk therapy, the mental health show. We'll continue after this commercial timeout. I came to St. Gregory very reluctantly at my all-time worst, physically, emotionally, and mentally. But I gave my best effort to these new things in my life as I saw hope in this complete approach. I'm at the point now that I feel my strongest and best ever, physically, mentally, and emotionally. I felt quite certain God was orchestrating everything. St. Gregory Recovery Center. Recovery starts here. Relevantradio.com slash St. Gregory. Welcome back to St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the Mental Health Show. Nick Learhoff, Scott Casper with you. We're talking with our guest, the award-winning news anchor for KCCI News 8 in Des Moines, Steve Carlin. Steve, welcome back. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. We've got to get the word out about this. Well, it's it's not just depression. It's not just ADD, but all of it combined. Um, you had to unpack a lot, right? I mean, just to get to yeah. the very root cause. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, the talk therapy that I've done um, has been, you know, at times pretty intense. Mm-hmm. And um, recounting some things that, um, you know, I uh, maybe didn't necessarily want to think about again, you know, but at least the way my therapy worked is, um, you know, you go back, especially now, um, as an adult, something in in my life when I, I didn't I have as much maturity, I didn't have as much life experience. And you look at those things, at least the way my therapy worked. I know all, all, a lot of all therapies different, but the way um, my therapist set it up is okay. Let's let's look at this these issues, these big issues in your life, and let's look at them. Let's see them for what they are. Let's look at what your role was in that. Let's study how you have responded to that, mm-hmm. and that has um, that has kind of. Uh, given you the mindset that you have today, meaning you approach uh, certain problems, situations, and types of people. And uh, she um, basically laid everything out for me and then let me come up with the solution. And that may sound, you know, like it's kind of out there and maybe like, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. But after you look at everything and you feel the emotions again and um you know basically relive it um 
it kind of allows you to conquer it. And um, it's like facing, at least my therapy was like facing your fears again. And, you know, you have to face a fear to be able to get rid of it, in my experience, or to learn how to get rid of it. And um, that's basically what happened in my talk therapy. And it was really, really effective. You know, you describe yourself, and I'm, I'm going to quote you here. Um, I stand before you as a stupid and stubborn man. Can you dive into that just a little bit? Because I think that's an interesting, and it's be it self-deprecating, um, I think it's an interesting way to start out. Well, um, you know, stupid because um, I knew what was going And, uh, you know, I was never... Um, physically abusive uh, to anyone, um, you know, but I have said things um, to create situations, to make situations worse um, in my life with people. I know we all have, okay, but um, when I was depressed, it, it was almost as if I was bound to determine to bring everybody else down with me at times. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, and um, if, if that isn't stupid and stubborn, when you realize what's going on, when you know that, I don't know what is, you know, and you, and you continue to allow yourself to kind of world that way. Um, that's, that's not good. In fact, that's really, really bad. So um, I needed to seek therapy and I didn't do it for the longest time, you know. Mm. And this is life we're talking about, Nick. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is everybody. It's not just Steve. It's not just you. It's not just me. Um, But these ships that pass, okay, in the night are often interconnected because of the situations we find also the issues we have to deal with. And Steve, very public uh, television, uh, news anchors are ranked, okay? They are rated. Uh, there are people that help to develop them in their style of clothing that they must wear color-wise, et cetera. What station wants the best look? And there's an amazing amount of pressure in television, okay? When I was doing my show for, what, nine years, uh, both shows, and, uh, you know, I, I knew I couldn't wear green because we were working in front of a green screen. Okay, but I knew that I had to conform to some sense of normalcy when it comes to television. And Steve, this is an amazing amount of pressure, I think, is put on the shoulders of those that are not just anchoring, but uh, guys that are doing features uh, like Marcus, for example. Um, Everybody has to answer to somebody. And uh, it's an amazing amount of pressure, I think, for especially the uh, stars of news. And those are the anchors. Uh, was is that addressed to me or is that? I think it was more or... of a comment. I'm still thinking uh-huh. about it. Let's <laughs> tell you what. Let's yeah, put it in... I... go ahead. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. Do you have something to say, Nick? Well, you know, I go back to your initial comment on or what you had talked about. You know, the things that you said, the things that you did. Um. You know, I always kind of think of that, that kind of that old saying, "Company." And you know, yeah, I think yeah. that it's a hard thing when you feel probably the way you're feeling when you talk about just being down, it's it's hard to have a bunch of chipper people around you, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but I think that a certain sense that, 
that those negative thoughts and feelings, they just kind of come out and naturally are, you're just, it's an internal battle battle with yourself anyways. And I think you brought, brought up a, a point and we, before the break is, is, you know, how long it took to really get yourself, you know, to seek help. And I was, that was one of the questions and I was thinking about in the first segment is, you know, what are those things that you were battling from a standpoint of, of getting help, not getting help? And what, what took you so long to get to that place where you finally felt like you could turn that corner? Cause like, like I said, in the first, first segment, I think there's a lot of people out there that are in the same boat, oh, yeah. um, and just haven't grabbed an oar yet. Yeah. Well, um, this is, this is what's interesting is I, and, you know, looking back on my life, the way my uh, therapist, uh, what she had me do, um, this is really interesting because what I did, when I had my, when I realized that, you know, wow, I'm a depressed person. Um, I was uh, 20 years old to the university of Iowa uh, and there's something beeping. Uh, uh, that's not good. <laughs> Okay. At any rate, hopefully my wife can take care of that. <laughs> That's not real good. No, I hope but, it's not um, a fire alarm yeah. or something. There we go. It's gone. Whatever it is. Um, uh, I was uh, 20 years old. I was going to the University of Iowa. Neither one of my parents had gone to college. Okay. And so when I graduated from high school, you know, I was, I mean, I was, I was a decent student. I wasn't a great student. Um, but I really loved to write. And so I, you know, I entered as a journalism student and you know, I, let me just put it this way. It's not good to go to school in your hometown. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, especially I would see at that time and now I would imagine, but, um, you know, after a couple of years, I, I just wasn't a serious student. I wasn't mature enough to be, uh, what I needed to be to, um, you know, set myself on the, the uh, degree track, you know. So after a couple of years, my parents hadn't gone to college, so this is very important to them. And my dad just said, you know, Steve, hey, um, I'm not going to. They gave, we have four kids, and uh, their gift to us was four years of college and books. Okay. My dad said, I can't. I had about a C, C plus average. Okay. And uh, my dad just said, you know, I'm going to come pay for it anymore. And I said, fine, you know, I'll go to work. So I went to work for four years and which I was fine with at age 20. And I was sitting, I had enough, uh, beer money and, uh, you know, cover charge money. I, w- I was good. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, not a smart move. And so, um, but my parents, um, were very disappointed in me, and I felt that. And as a result, I was very disappointed in myself, very, very disappointed in myself, so much so that I had, like, my first really bad depressive episode. I mean, I could go through the physical things that I was feeling and stuff, but, you know, that's, that may be another show. <laughs> but w- what I did is I bought a pair of running shoes, and I just started running. And... You know, I ran and ran and ran and ran all over Iowa City, parts of Iowa City that even growing up didn't know existed. I'd come home from work and I would put on those shoes and I'd just go, okay? Well, basically what I did with that first kind of major depressive episode where, I mean, I was quite suicidal there for 
a while, um, is I ran my way and dwarfed my way out of that, mm-hmm. okay, at least to a point where I could function and felt pretty darn happy again, you know, but still wasn't dealing with my mental problem the way it need, needed to be dealt with. And so that has kind of, long story short, that has kind of been my history up until I worked the morning show and I was so physically tired, I couldn't exercise the way that I normally exercised, you know, which was almost to complete exhaustion, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I became kind of addicted to, to exercise, but I was so tired that I couldn't do it. And then, you know, I put up a white flag and I need help, you oh, know? Wow. And by the way, running in Iowa city, I, I prefer to run indoors. The rec building is where I ran uh, <laughs> on an average seven, eight miles a day. And I became mm-hmm. addicted to it. And when you get that runner's high, okay, mm. after a certain number of laps, oh, yeah. buddy, then you're going, yeah. I'm Superman. And you yeah. go home and you're a complete failure. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, at like, so at St. Gregory's where we kind of dive into co-occurring disorders, it's a substance use primary facility. I mean, that's what we do is residential substance use treatment. And exercise is a, is a big piece of that, but it's not the only piece. You know, I've met with some different counselors and therapists who are like, well, you know, you're not going to be able to exercise yourself into full functioning, just, you know, completely sober person. I said, well, no, but it's, it's a piece of the puzzle, right? right? It's, it's a whole person approach. It's, it's, it's a, just some of that. So it's like, when you talk about exercise and the healthy habit formation, but exercise is just like anything else. If you, you can do it to exhaustion where it's just too much, you don't have that balance. And so I think you bring up a, a, a good point. Steve and, and the fact that like, man, it was a, it was a good thing, but got to a point where you almost just, just wore yourself out. All right. Do me a favor. We're going to have a time out. Come back more with Steve Carlin. He's an award-winning news anchor, the award-winning news anchor for KCCI news eight and uh, more as our conversation centers on, uh, Steve's, uh, story, his life story and, uh, how he's come out of it and where he's at. Stay tuned. There's more. This is St. Gregory's talk therapy, the mental health show. Stay tuned. There's more with Nick Learhoff and Scott Casper right here on Iowa's 940 for St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Iowa, we're listening. The folks at St. Gregory were vital in helping me to get my brother into rehab. They were not only supportive of him, but of our whole family. They truly saved all of our lives with their love and kindness. Because of the hard work they helped my brother do, we regained a valued, healthy, and incredible part of our family. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. RelevantRadio.com slash St. Gregory, setting the new standard for recovery. Welcome back. St. Gregory's Talk Therapy on Iowa's Hope 9-4. Casper Nick Learhoff joining me as always. Appreciate that, Nick. Good to see you. Also, on our Newsmaker Hotline, is award-winning news anchor for KCCI News 8 here in Des Moines, Steve Carlin. Steve, you um, had an opportunity at one point to go on the road and visit uh, homes or towns or communities, and uh, I thought it was just absolutely brilliant. Did you love that, or was it uh, more stress on you? Oh, you're talking about the Carlin Cover Central Iowa series? You bet. Yeah. um, Oh, I loved it. I loved it. That's honestly. I love what I do now, completely different skill right. set. But as somebody who really, you know, 
and story producing, and then you add the, the photography staff that we have at KCCI into that mix. Um, it was just the, you know, those are the best, what, 14, 15 years of my career because I had it all. I mean, I went out and after years and years of people who didn't want to talk to me, <laughs> you know, here are people inviting me into their homes and say, hey, come and look at what I like to do for fun, you know, please. And then, you know, telling me just in this exuberant way how much they love doing what they do for fun. And then, you know, having the great photographers shoot beautiful pictures and then I get to put all that together and we run a story and I anchor a newscast at five o'clock and then, you know, I'm home by seven o'clock. Those are the bankers hours of TV right there, mm -hmm. you know, so it was, it was just fantastic creatively and, um, you know, just from a, uh, an output standpoint, um, most, uh, most fun part of my career. I loved it. And and whose idea was that? Was it Buzik's idea? Your idea? Well, who? yeah, what happened is uh, Dana Carden, who is uh, now our assistant news director and has been for uh, quite a while, um, he had been doing um, Eye on Iowa stories, is what he called his. And Eric Hansen has since taken over, um, you know, after um, I started anchoring full-time and he does this as Iowa, but I think the, uh, the, what the line of succession here goes from Rick Swalwell to, to Kevin Cooney, who did Kevin, Co Kevin Cooney covers Iowa KCCI. And so, um, then Dana, then me, and, and they wanted me to do something like, Oh, do an investigative piece or something like that. And if there's one thing I'm not, real strong and real comfortable, not real strong on or real comfortable with. It's like investigative pieces because there's a lot of legal stuff involved. Oh, you know, yeah. And I, I don't want to jump through those hoops. And so I had been doing, after Dana uh, became assistant news director, I'd been doing feature stories. And I said to Dave Buzik, who was news director at the time, how about if I do feature stories? And then I was talking with Kevin about it. And Kevin said, yeah, call it Carlin Cover Central Iowa, KCCI. Boom. That was a deal. So that's how that happened. And it was fabulous. I, I, oh, just great, great time in my career. And to great acclaim, by the way. The fans well, love thanks. it. Yeah. And um, yeah. I count your fans. Well, thank this, you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. It was, it was, it's nice to know people were out there kind of digging it, if you know what I mean. Well, those are some of my favorite features. It's, it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, back in the old days, Nightline or, or uh, any one of those news magazine type shows. And um, I would love the features, the, the features where you can really get into the topic or the subject. And uh, yeah, you did it quite it's, well. It's, thank you. It's interesting to see what, uh, what people become interested in. Mm -hmm. And what I really liked about it being, you know, being a native Iowan is that we featured Iowans who were proud to be Iowans and, um, you know, it was basically uh, a segment about 
you know, the great things to see and do and the great things people do in our state. And, you know, I'm really proud of that because uh, I love it. I love it here. Yeah, not everybody can have the world's largest garden. Or... Yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, not every, and not everybody to go look at it. Right. You right. know, yeah. so we take them there. Yeah. It's cool. That's the best part. It's really cool. Steve yeah. Carlin, are you talking about mental illness, mental health? Uh, and you were a co-presenter with uh, Lindsay Fenley, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lindsay, um, uh, yeah, just incredibly courageous person. Um, yeah, she's great. And is she related to Bill? Is that Bill's wife? Daughter. Daughter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you look at Bill yeah. Fenley and you don't realize how old he really is. He's held yeah. his age well. Wow, he's done a great job. And I think Steve's his uh, contract extension takes him to the end of his career. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good for him. Yeah. How many how many coaches can say that? Well, especially uh, being a male coach of a women's team, uh, there's seemingly a preponderance of women who are coaching, but uh, very rarefied air for that guy, and he's done it well and done it with style. Mm-hmm. Steve, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, your wife, uh, Lynn, right? Yes. Okay. The mm-hmm. last time I saw you uh, out in public, was that uh, Louise Windive? You were there having dinner with yeah, her, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and I believe one of our daughters was there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of a go to for us. Now, is, I don't, yeah. It's for me, too. I love, I've yeah. loved Louise. Uh, I've been, been a customer there for, I think, since the very first day they were open, which is yeah. kind of crazy. Shannon's a good guy. Isn't he? Yeah. Shannon's dad has actually co hosted one of my shows with me. No kidding. Yeah, the motorcycle oh. show. He was oh, a big hill world. climber. Uh, hill wow. climb with motorcycles. Yeah. That's nutsy. Yeah, and you think, Shannon, uh, riding a motorcycle? No, he doesn't ride a motorcycle. But his dad <laughs> was a world champ. World champ. No kidding. Yep. Anyway, uh, I, I don't mean to uh, go off into a tangent here, but obviously Lynn has been supportive of this Uh uh, and I call everything that we do in life an adventure of sorts. Okay. This adventure of self-discovery, uh, and, and she's been in your corner. Can you talk about that? Because I think from my perspective, it's only made the relationship stronger. Um, yeah, I think it has. Um, my wife, uh, has been incredibly with me and, um, uh, never, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I want to go into that, but um, just even at my, <laughs> um, she has just always been on my side, but at the same time has made me face it. And she's told me for years, um, you know, Steve, you need some help. You need some help. And I would say I would agree with her, and then I wouldn't do anything about it. And, you know, she would remind me, you're the only one who can do anything about this, you know, and I'm glad I finally listened to her. I mean, it, uh, I, I couldn't have done this without having her in my corner. I mean, she is just, uh, an unbelievably strong and understanding person. You know, when you think about what you did, it took a lot of bravery, number one, but you utilized Facebook uh, as it was originally intended as a, communica- a communication, okay, amongst people, amongst friends, uh, and some, you know, some people you may never know. 
And uh, what you did is you put out this uh, beautiful statement. It's on Facebook, by the way. And uh, uh, talking about what you're going through and the fact that we're seeking out, uh, uh, you know, clinical uh, help. And am I saying that right, Nick? Clinical help. help? Yeah. 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 And, and I found it very open and uh, very revealing. And that's a very brave thing to do, right? Well, thanks. I appreciate you saying that. I, it, to me, it was just kind of a reaction, mm-hmm. like um, uh, almost in a, um, you know, in a way, it's just, I've got to let people know about this. I just have to let people know about this. I tried a way where I wasn't just, you know, shining the spotlight on me. I hope I wrote it in a way that, you know, it's like, hey, there is this big, big problem out there. Um, and I was thinking at the time, especially for men, because we can be so stubborn. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I want people to know this because I walk around dealing with stuff far more serious than what I'm with. Um, you know, we just, we've, we've got to do the best we can to get it under control. And I think, you know, when I became, an, I've done some things with NAMI um, uh, in the stigma campaign, you know, that's what we have to do that. Um, we have got to get people um, addressing these problems and others understanding that people have these problems and that uh, mental illness is not just not being tough, not being this or that. It's, it's a problem, just like a physical problem you'd go to a doctor for, a problem that many people need professional help with. And, um, you know, they don't get it, and it took me way too long to get it. I, you know, I wonder how some things in my life would be different. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I take responsibility for anything I've said or done to anybody. So if anybody out there is listening, if I've ever offended you, you know, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, and I'm not blaming it on the on it. Uh, you know, I'm the guy who's responsible for it. There it is. Right. No, and I, I think it's 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 incredible when you talk about that bravery that it takes to kind of put that out there on such a wide platform, mm-hmm. right? And but the thing about it is it's it's role modeling in a certain sense because people can look at that and look at you and say. You know, there's tons of people that are out there in the darkness, you know, that they're struggling That's and they right. know they need to get help and, but they just haven't been able to take that step. So while, you know, Steve is struggling with this too and he's getting, he's coming out and he's talking about, it, he's getting, hey, that's something I can do too. And I think it, it gives people, um, confidence in themselves to say, okay, maybe, you know, somebody else is doing this. I can do this too. And I think that that, that speaks volumes. Well, you know, and, and Steve, thank you for your time today. I'm, I'm so grateful that you have taken uh, the very public approach, uh, and that's part of your uh, therapy as well as it is mine doing this show, uh, because it keeps me plugged in, and I'm constantly thinking about this show and how we could make it better. Well, I think we've made it better today by having you on the show, and I appreciate that. Well, thank you very much, and I, I really appreciate you guys asking me. I appreciate you guys addressing this topic on a on a regular basis. Um, wow. I mean, with the attention that this is getting from, you know, Simone Biles Mm -hmm. and Naomi Osaka and others, um, you know, this, you, you guys are in the perfect place at the perfect time to do a lot of good. And that's all I wanted to do 
when I made my Facebook post, boy, almost three years ago now, um, I just want to help people and make people aware that there's help out there and that, um, you know, you need to go get it, especially guys, because guys are just, you know, hey, we're tough. We're supposed to be able to power our way through anything. And you know what? Sometimes we can't. Yeah. We have to be vulnerable enough enough to admit that to ourselves. It's only then we can be a healthier member of our family, a healthier member of our society and community as well. Steve, thank you for the time today. It's always good to talk to you, my friend. And thank you again for your honesty and your bravery in, uh, in doing what you've done. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Steve. Uh, nice talking with you, and um, you know we don't we don't see each other enough. And um, Nick, uh, very very nice to uh, meet you over the radio, and mm-hmm. with you as well. Absolutely, I, I completely agree. I, I'm I'm really excited that uh, we got this opportunity and and had a chance to, to talk. So pretty darn cool. Pretty darn mm-hmm. cool indeed. It's only as scary as you make it. He once said, "Reach out to somebody, get that therapy session set up." Steve Carlin has been our guest, award-winning news anchor for KCCI News 8 here in Des Moines. We'll take a quick timeout, back with an open segment. On the other side of it, I'm pretty certain that Simone Biles will be in our final segment on the show. You're listening to (laughs) St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show, right here on Iowa's Hope 940. Stay tuned. Talk Therapy, the mental health show, is brought to you by St. Gregory's Recovery Center. St. Gregory's features individualized drug treatment programs with a personal and holistic approach. Enjoy private counseling in small groups attended by caring staff in beautiful and serene locales. St. Gregory's is evidence-based rehabilitation. Most insurance is accepted. Don't go it alone. Enjoy a high success rate with St. Gregory's Recovery Centers. St. Greg's, it's where science meets recovery. stgregory.com. All right, welcome back to St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. By the way, you can go back and listen to uh, previous episodes online at talktherapytmhs.com. Again, that's talktherapytmhs.com. There's no charge. Uh, Hit the drop-down tab and then look at various shows that we have. And I think we're being more descriptive now on what we put up, how we describe shows other than episode 49. Or whatever. I try my best. Yeah, well, you're doing a great job, Fantastic Kira. Thank job. you. Yeah. There'll be a little something in the envelope, okay? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome back, everybody. Um, we started the the show off with the uh, mention of Simone Biles pulling out of her Olympic uh, gymnastics competition in Tokyo. And, and, folks, if you don't think this is the crowning jewel of uh, sports, you're missing the point. These athletes are working for four years to get the opportunity to try out for the Olympics. All right. Are they going to qualify? I don't care if you're in wrestling, gymnastics, shooting, what have you. And the pressure that is on them to, uh, to compete at the highest level on a daily basis is absolutely amazing. I think there are far more athletes that uh, are in competition or for world or Olympic gold. Okay. Uh, at any level. And I've known a lot of this, believe me, through my other show. And it's amazing how much pressure they put on themselves and what the expectation of them is from their coach and fans that are behind them. Sometimes it's that weight that you can't describe it. And I think you said something earlier in, in perhaps segment two about the, uh, sharing that uh, 
depression or loneliness or whatever it is you're dealing with, sharing that with other people does lighten the load on one's shoulders. Yeah. Well, you got to be able to, to, to get out and, and, and talk about it. You got, if you're holding up and bottling up everything inside of you and you're still and you're struggling and you just kind of just keep adding to it and adding to it, you know, um, it's like blown into a balloon. Eventually it's going to pop, right. you know, um, and you're going to say things, do things that you wouldn't typically do that aren't you that, you know, and, and it's just, from a reaction of trying to manage and process and work through whatever struggle that the individual's having. And so like, even with Steve, like getting out there and, and just putting that out there on Facebook and just getting it off his chest had to just, you know, what's the expression, a thousand pounds off his shoulders, you know, um, had to just be able for him just instantly with just getting it out there, um, and be able to build on that, you know, and I, and you made the comment about these athletes and it's like, you know, imagine waking up every single day and it, so they go alternate winter and summer Olympics for eight years. Right. And your whole goal is to be the best you can be at this particular thing for 20 seconds, for 30 seconds, for it, amazing. And, and, and think about that from sport that goes into it. And so for Simone to back out of that after all that work and all that, and, and that had to take a lot of courage on her part mm-hmm. to say, Hey, I'm not in the right space right now to be able to do this. So I'm going to let one of my teammates come in and help me, you know, help the team. Right. And be able to go through and do this. And so, and no, just with society in general, I'm sure if you went on social media, there's probably a lot of negativity. Oh, you know, as far as letting down, you know, the team, the country and all these different things. And it's like, you know, it's very easy for those, for those folks to say those things. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that it's very easy to point the finger and, and cast the stone, but what have any of those individuals done for their country? You know what I mean? In a certain sense, it's, 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 it's just a matter of having that understanding, that perspective, because it, it is a, the stigma that we need to, to erase. Just like Steve talked about it. It's this thing where it's like, if you're struggling with mental illness, you're just supposed to double down. It's like, that's not, that's not exactly the way that they can help people out. Some people will do that. Some people will try. Right. But being able to use the support systems around you to be able to to resolve these issues, talk about these issues, just like Steve had talked about, um, to be able to find remedy, find healing. Right. Uh, is so crucial. The healing begins with oneself and the realization that they need to seek out professionals that have studied this, that that practice that type of medicine. And uh, they obviously are confronted with a daily. I'm surprised we don't see therapists um, uh, in, in some kind of mental distress, uh, perhaps more than we know. Well, and, and, and that's the thing is being able to, to pull from those support systems, right? Because we can't do everything on our own. I mean, we always, we always want to, we always try, you know, but, <laughs> we, but um, we can't do everything on our own. <clears throat> and the, the big, big thing I think with that is it's hard to see our behaviors and the things that we have going on in our world when we're right there up next to it. Right. Think of it like trying to to look at yourself in the mirror with your nose on the glass. You're not going to see a whole lot, right? And so being able to have somebody that you can go to, that you can trust to say, am I processing this correctly? Right. I got in this huge fight with my wife or my brother or my son or my daughter and this is all what happened. I'm like, am I, am I tracking this correctly? Did I, you know, and to be able to give you valuable feedback to help you process and think through, think through things differently, because when you're in the moment, 
and your emotions are at a 10, you know, we don't a lot of times make our best decisions. Really? Yeah. Weird, <laughs> weirdly enough, right? Uh, and so being able to have uh, those support, system around, uh, support systems around our to to have feedback, be mm-hmm. able to give us feedback on the things that we have going on and what we're doing um, is priceless. If you missed last week's episode uh, with Scott Bruxworth, uh, who we will have back on probably in the studio. Okay. He actually came down and, and, uh, met me at the barnstormer game, his crew shooting video and, and, and still pictures, but, um, wow. You know, he's not six foot six, six foot four. I measured him, <laughs> but great guy. But the interview, I thought conversational, the interview was informative and, uh, I would invite you to check out that, that, um, great conversation we had with Scott Bruxworth. And that would have been last week's show. So make sure you do that if you have time. We hope you do. Uh, Kira Jones is always standing by, adding, uh, you know, she'll open up her mic when she has a, uh, a question or what have you. And uh, I love that fact here that sharing with us as we go through, you're sharing with us and our guests. What are your thoughts on this topic with Simone? Um, I think we're all in the same boat. I think she courageous yeah um and you guys are absolutely right like i can't i i can barely run down the block let alone pull off like flinging myself in the air i can't imagine the kind of pressure she's under from training to um everything else and you're absolutely right like if, if I had to do what she does and go, okay, if I do this wrong by like one centimeter, uh, I could be out of the game forever. Mm-hmm. I think we would all kind of handle this with way less poise than she did. Oh. We would all have a panic attack. Um, <laughs> so, no, I think she absolutely made the right decision for herself and for the team. Like if, imagine if she had done that gotten herself injured she would she would be so much more depressed oh yeah she would absolutely feel like she let her team down um you know because they're right so absolutely i think she's totally in the right and i can't believe people are hating on her for it well i think that that's what creates the the i don't want to say creates the stigma but that's that's part of it right you know is is we talk about and i think we talked about having this as an entire segment for next week is just to talk ways we can reduce that stigma because you know this 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 simple thing of like any logical person say hey you're going to could blow out your entire knee ruin your entire career and not be there for your team and all these other events and different things you know and so she pulls herself out of the event and, and people, oh, and they're a big stir. And, you know, and, and I have my own personal uh, frustrations with social media anyways. But, you know, they're <laughs> able to just, you know, cast their stones. And it's just like, you know, no perspective right. whatsoever. What I think is really interesting is um, I think the last time we had the Summer Olympics, everybody was talking about that gymnast in like the 70s or 80s that broke her leg but still went on to do her routine. That's crazy. And now people are like, oh, she probably did that because she was like forced to. Like Mm -hmm. she was succumbing to that pressure. She didn't have somebody to tell her it's okay if you can't do it. And now with Biles, I think a lot of athletes are going to realize, okay, 
it's okay to put myself first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think think about this. There is the oldest Olympian is forty seven years old. Wow. In gymnastics, forty seven right. years old in gymnastics, and uh, you know that in and of itself is a story. But can you imagine having to do uh, or getting to do what they have been doing for? 40 years, maybe, or maybe even a little bit longer. I don't know what, you know, what age she was when she started in gymnastics, but something tells me she was very young. Um, but having that type of pressure, and this is how, you know, people say, well, that doesn't uh, uh, describe me or my life. It really truly is. That's the life you've chosen or are currently living. And, and that to me is, uh, you know, it's a huge issue and we need to, now that the cap is off the basket, as it were, uh, we need to dive in and find out what more can we do to help each other. So help ourselves and help each other. And when Steve Carlin, um, our guest uh, earlier said that uh, if, if I've offended anyone out there, I'm sorry. Well, I guarantee I've offended a lot of folks in my life and a whole lot more to offend in the future. But it's not because I'm doing it out of meanness or spite, but we're living our life very out loud. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we need to care for one another and be uh, forgiving because they're but for the grace of God. Right. And I think, you know, it all comes back to the community. That's one thing I love about Iowa is the people. You know, um, I've been able to meet a lot of different people from the coasts and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, they're just, it's different. You know, I mean, you know, you go to the coast and get a flat tire and everybody's just going to pass you by. You could, you know, ask, reach out, ask for help or any of that stuff. Nope. Nope. I'm on, you know, I'm on my path. I'm not going to stop and help. Or it's like in Iowa, you'd have four or five cars. Hey, what can we do? Can we go get you this? Can we, you know, and just the people here. And it's just, we have such a, a good community of people that want to support and help each other just out of the goodness of their heart. And that's why I love the state of Iowa. Everybody, I've had people ask me like, why, you know, they'll, they'll come to Iowa. It's 20 below. Why do you live here? I'm like, it's the people. This is home. That's right. This is what we do. We just go out and skip the car. Yeah. We go out and skip the car. 20 <laughs> it's below, a real deal. thing. It's a real thing. It's not just a slogan, you know, put out there by Raygun. It's, it's the real deal here in Iowa. So grateful for the opportunity to talk to each and every one of you. Every week, we appreciate you to listen to us. Remember, we air two times every week on Saturday morning, 4 to 5 a.m., and then again at 10, uh, 10 a.m. as well. Uh, and, and again, you can always find us at talktherapytmhs.com. For Kira Jones, for Nick Lerhoff, I'm Scott Castro speaking. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to you this morning. Please do look for us online as well. This is St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show only on Iowa's Hope 940.